Well, good morning. Here's what we're up to today on Media Insultant. When does more mean less? Keith? Amazon pushes into the audio space, and you and I disagree on a strategy on this, so that'll be kind of fun. And for those hoping to have a little fine dining at Delilah's Cozy Kitchen in Port Orchard, Washington, sorry, that one is no more. I'm Jackson Weaver in Seattle with InTown Media, along with my co-host, Keith Samuels, in the hills of Southern California. We're here with more of our opinions and ideas about media. For the fun of it, and for Tuesday's edition, September 14th, this is Media Insultant. Well, Keith, you know, after ragging on everybody in the business about the lack of a commitment to get people vaccinated, a couple of more broadcast groups are requiring vaccination of their employers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it amazes me. We still hear nothing from iHeart, from Odyssey, from Tegna, Gray, any of the big broadcasters. Mm -hmm. And I think their irresponsibility on making a stand in this vaccination is a little less than inspiring. Although now they can probably lean on Biden's mandate as an excuse. It's still not leadership, and I'm real disappointed in our, our industry. Well, hey, you know, and it's interesting because there's also um, a downside of this, because I heard from a buddy of mine this weekend uh, who's a, a general manager of a, of a couple of markets, major broadcast group, and he's in full recruitment mode because he has, uh, he has two salespeople uh, that aren't going to get vaccinated, so they are out of there. Uh, he's, firing, he's firing them. And uh, he's got to start recruiting again. So it's it's yeah okay. Let's let's you know let's let's make this mandate company wide, um, and they're just going to suck it up with uh, some of the employment losses that they're going to have because they do it either for whatever reason, you know the reason doesn't matter. And he says I am so sick of talking about the virus. I mean that's all <laughs> I've had to deal with for almost two years now. I'm going out of my freaking mind. I just want to run my radio stations. So, you know, it's not well, it's not making it any easier for these guys and gals to uh, to be successful in radio and television. And it is hard to recruit. But, you know, when one door opens, another opens up. I, I've got a client who, uh, small staff, maybe uh, eight to ten people. And at one point he had five people out with COVID before the vaccine. Yeah, uh, None of them died, but they were deathly sick. At least uh, three of them were hospitalized. Oh. So, you know, you, you know, you kind of pick your battles, I guess. Yeah. Well, and uh, by the way, congratulations. Uh, we have been doing this now for more than a year. We're up to something like 75 episodes of Media Insultant. And some were better than others. So happy anniversary, Keith. <laughs> happy anniversary, Jackson. What an accomplishment. I mean, I got it. A year, a year of podcast excellence. You know, it's unbelievable because we know that, you know, most podcasts last about three episodes or four episodes and then they die and they go away. And so they never get refreshed and they sit there on the Apple, you know, uh, uh, library cluttering up, you know, the, the search for our podcast. But uh, it's been a blast. I've enjoyed it. I think it's been a, a lot of fun. I, so thank all of you for all that. And, I, you know, it's been uh, it's been great uh, spending time with you every week. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's uh, some of my favorite time. I'll tell you one thing I have learned. A podcast is a lot of work. People think, <laughs> oh, you guys just get together and shoot the shit. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work. Well, I got to say that you, you, you're you doing all the back end 
heavy lifting, buddy. And uh, and and you know, we, me and my entire family are so grateful for you doing this. <laughs> uh, and so uh, you know, one of these days, one of these days, you know, they're going to come along and say, you know, we're going to give you guys twenty million bucks if you'll come with us to Spotify. I love you know. it. I love it. And by and by the way, we've we've done seventy five some odd episodes, and we've never done, dropped an f bomb, an s bomb, uh, a gd bomb, anything like that. We're not like those trashy, you know, uh, podcasts that just go for the low hanging fruit. You know, we're professionals. We're professionals. Well, we drop a couple of uh, close to f bombs, yeah, you know, do. but <laughs> but we we do watch it. You know, Keith, back in the early nineties. Uh, I wrote an editorial for Radio Inc. And at the time, radio station ownership had very limited levels. You could own an AM and an FM in each market. And in the editorial I wrote, I advocated for consolidation. Mm -hmm. I advocated for like up to eight stations per market. Because my point is, is that all industries consolidate as they mature. Look at the automobile industry, look at food, retail, steel, pharma, anything. Well, in 1996, the FCC began to allow that to happen with the Communications Act of 1996. And, and you know what happened, you know? All of a sudden, all this capital rushed in, created what we have today, the large groups. And we really do have a few groups who control a huge swath of the business, particularly in the major markets. And another interesting thing has happened. In the meantime, there are 50% more radio stations on the air than when I wrote that editorial. You know, with the 80-90 rule, with uh, the translators thrown on most AM stations, with LPFM, which just clogs up everything. We've got all of these radio stations. What's the NAB want to do? They want to consolidate. They want to <laughs> add more stations to fewer owners. They're proposing no caps on AM ownership up to eight stations in markets one through 75, and no restrictions at all on smaller markets than 75, which in some ways is de facto already happening. So my point on this is I just don't see a need to do that. It's going to be hard enough, as it is, for these stations to survive. And all that's going to do is give these big groups an opportunity to snarf up a couple more stations at cheap prices because they'll be the only buyer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how does that benefit anyone? What's your thought? You know, my thought is it's, it's, it's just that over-the-air broadcast, so that means your, your over-the-air television stations and your over-the-air over radio stations. We're not talking about cable channels. We're not talking about streaming you know, services. The over-the-air broadcasters are the only ones that are governed by the FCC. So right. there is no limitation as to how many podcasts you can have on Spotify. There's no limitations on how many stream on Pandora. There's no limitations on any of that, on any, you know, on all the cable stuff. So those guys, those guys are free to operate however they want, say and do whatever they want. There is no governmental regulation of those guys. The only thing government regulates are the airwaves, and they have since the beginning of time. Okay. So in looking at this, I think I, you know, it's kind of like, let's go to the extreme, Jackson. Why regulate it all? Why regulate ownership? At so starting back from there, that we want to control whether you know how many people foreign ownership levels. We want to control that. We want to control how many people in because local radio, over the air radio, and particularly in over the air television, were so important to informing the public 
about public service issues in terms of, you know, news or, you know, weather reports or, or emergencies, you know, we still have the emergency broadcast, you know, the emergency alert system. Okay. They never happen on a cable channel. They never happen on CNN or Fox news because they're not an over the air broadcast channel, but you know, my God, your local FM has got to run those emergency alert, you know, just to practice because when the big one hits, when the, when the missiles are coming in, you know, we're going to have five minutes to hide under our desks thanks to the emergency alert system. So, you know, it's it's almost like, it's so archaic. These are over a hundred year regulations that we're just chill, still trying to catch up and modernize to the marketplace. So, you know, why can't I own all the radio stations in Wenatchee? Does Wenatchee need to have three different broadcast groups? Why can't I own half the stations in LA, you know? Is it, shouldn't the market decide, you know? So I, I, I kind of go on the extreme other side of this and go, you know, yeah, let's let's let the big if the big groups want to buy up all the if Town Square wants to buy every freaking station so they can sell digital services to every small market business, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I I'm thinking it might not be. Does 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 iHeart really want to buy more stations in LA? Do they? I don't think so. Even if they could, I don't think they would. So I think the you know the big markets have been staked out. Maybe a couple of stations change hands, but I think the biggest impact being the medium, you know, market smaller than market seventy-five for sure. Maybe smaller than market fifty, and that's where all of the action's going to be, and where all that sorts out is. is and the FCC's kind of coming down on the let it happen, go for it, kids. Well, that's exactly right. They are beginning to really lean on it. I think I would feel better if the FCC just came along and said, look. We got too many on the air signals. Oh, yeah. We're going to buy a third of them out and the rest, and then we can consolidate any way you want. Now, of course, this is complete fantasy. You know, there isn't any way in the world they're going to buy radio stations to sign them off the air for a whole variety of reasons. But if they really wanted to have an impact, they'd clean it up. I mean, because yep. to your point, you know, the FCC has, has uh, God bless them, as my. My friends say as they're about to slam somebody, bless his heart. <laughs> but the FCC has just had rule after rule that is ridiculous. You know, I was looking at the biennial uh, ownership reports the other day that everybody has to file. Mm -hmm. The only reason you should ever have to file anything with the FCC on ownership is if it changes. If it changes control. But no, we have to put together these complex reports mm -hmm. every other year to go to the FCC. So... Anyway, it'll be interesting to see. I think the NAB, however, has banded with the big groups and is going to push this just as hard as they can as they can get. So, I think, and I think from the big group standpoint, you know, it's about and and we saw this last week, you know, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when we saw you know iHeart do a big uh, big group. They announced a big company wide ad buy by this fitness company. You know, and they were using all their platforms from podcasting to, to commercials to sponsorships and all this other stuff. And really, basically, it's about how much coverage can I have? How many how many right. different ways can I make impressions through my radio stations and my content uh, so that I can suck up as many ad dollars as I can is really what they're all about. That leaves you and me running a couple of stations somewhere in Redding, California going, well, uh, there's no dollars folding down to me. Well, and if, if we are in L.A., Keith, let's face it, if we are in L.A., they get they suck up such a big share that, you know, you, you might have a couple of, a, a couple of FMs in, in a market like L.A., and you're just not going to get your fair share of revenue on that, that kind of no, a basis. That's correct. That's correct. And, yep. 
Hey, so they aren't calling it radio, but Amazon's building a new audio. What do you think? Audio product? And they claim it's going to be a combination of, get this, music and talk, live concerts, call-in shows. What's that sound like to you? Sounds like my favorite radio stations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some talk about, you know, doing hyper-local news and sports. Okay, yada, 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 yada. Why is Amazon doing this, first of all, do you think? Well, they think they can do a better job programming radio stations than uh, radio guys can do. And by the way, they don't have to worry about the FCC now, do they? There's no paperwork. There's no uh, public service. No filing fees. Yeah. There's, there's no EEOC reports that they have to do. They don't have to go to job fairs and prove what, you know, they, they don't have any ascertainment interviews. Do they still do ascertainment interviews? Anyway, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like regulation-free radio. These guys love it. These guys at Pandora and Spotify and and now you know Amazon. You know it's just like this is this is great. The poor radio guys are screwed because of the FCC requirements that they have to fulfill and and guidelines and limitations they have to live up to. Speaking of you know all of that, we don't have to worry about a single freaking thing. Let's just do rock and roll, baby. So well, know, and man, Amazon I think is uh, doing this. You know, not only is it regulation free, but they're doing it to develop audio content they control on Alexa and that ultimately is inventory and their ability to work with somebody's buying patterns. Now my point is I think it'd be a lot easier for them to just buy iHeart because <laughs> iHeart's got an existing infrastructure they don't have to create anything. It's a fast ramp up time, you know, it's just one and done. They can take advantage of existing staff and the legacy knowledge that comes along with it. And I think, I mean, you feel the debt's an issue. Uh, you know, I think in terms of Amazon's overall cash flow and net worth, a couple of billion dollars is chump change. Now, yeah. what's your thought? Well, what, what do these stations bring them? Other than an audience, yes, sure. But they don't bring them the data. Amazon's advertisers are, are so addicted to Amazon's data because the data drives their decisions, the data drives their, their marketing goals and their marketing strategies. It's all about the data. If you buy KISS FM in LA, the data you get is the is you know your PPM data from Nielsen and that from doesn't Nielsen, that, right, right. That doesn't that doesn't help anybody out except a media buyer who's trying to buy cost per thousands in LA, right? Or cost per points. So Amazon, you know, is creating all of this media so that they, they can collect more data or data on consumers of their media. And not the least of which starts with, hey, Alexa, you know, play spa radio. And so, boom, you know, there you go. I've got Alexa listening to me 24-7 anyway. Now now Alexa's monitoring my uh, my audio stuff. And so they're going, yeah, Alexa's, Alexa's being asked to play a bunch of these radio stations. In fact, every radio station I listen to says, make sure you ask Alexa. This is when you, you know, you ask Alexa to play on, on iHeartRadio or iHeartMedia. You know, it's like, oh, so they're... The Alexa skills that broadcasters are doing is just driving more data to, to Amazon. It's not driving more data to iHeart. Right. So, right. You right. Know, or or more it, listening or more valuable listening. I think that's that's yeah. the key thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I guess we'll agree to disagree a little bit on that. <laughs> uh, you know, when we were talking. But, but about, and by the way, who wants yeah. the headache of running 850 stations? Come on. I mean. Think of the people. Not even Jeff Bezos wants that headache. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh no, I got five thousand employees at eight hundred and fifty radio stations. Kill me oh, now. You know, come on, come on, Keith. If he can put a rocket ship in space 
and landed again, he can run a couple of radio stations. You know, it's not. But why would you surgery. want to? Well, <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> there is that. There is that. So last week, we congratulated Delilah Renee, the nationally syndicated soft music host who takes everybody's calls and tells them how their life is all screwed up and how to solve it with a song. Delilah had bought uh, the radio station she started at in Reedsport, Oregon, on the coast, to KDUN, KDUN. And you brought up a question. You said, is Delilah's Cozy Kitchen still in business in Port Orchard? And uh, the sad truth is it's mm -hmm. not. I think Delilah discovered that being a restaurateur is a 24 by 7 operation, and we can just hope that her efforts at KDUN are a little more successful. Yeah, well, I guess that Fleetwood Mac and cheese on that menu at the Cozy Kitchen uh, wasn't <laughs> enough to to uh, to you know keep her motivated for a while. But you know, Love again, it. this is about focus, and I hope Delilah doesn't lose focus. Um, and you know, she does an incredible radio show, and I think you dissed her in the introduction there. I think you know you kind of say companion personality to a, a, an audience craving companionship and empathy. She oozes empathy and she knows how to play the just the right song for the right mood and need of a listener if they can't come up with them themselves. But that being said, question is, okay, she paid 66 grand for this little radio station down in Reedsport. That's a nice sentimental journey. But is this like the cozy kitchen where three or four years from now, it's kind of like, Yes, I'm not doing this anymore, and uh, but you know well, they have one they have one employee. It's the engineer, so she's gonna well, have to like somebody's gonna have to go out and sell spots on KDUN and make this you know make this pay right. She's got to pay the power bill. Well, it's it is turned to, and we see this uh, more and more in smaller markets, in particular, even to medium markets. We're getting to a state where radio is a hobby. You know, somebody buys a radio station like that. I don't know. Let's, you know, probably your net overhead is maybe six to eight grand a month, something in that range. Well, for Delilah, she could carry that. That's not going to kill her. Yeah. And if it's for the fun of it, you know, she, she, she makes it work. Well, the pandemic, though, took a, a lot of good restaurants out of play. So our sympathies That's with true. Delilah. But yeah. to your point, she'll bounce back pretty well. And I apologize if I denigrate. I think she's an extremely talented lady who has a tremendous audience. She's she really is real radio. But Keith, we got to get out of here. How about some closing credits, buddy? Yeah, don't don't forget. You know, on most weeks we're up on YouTube. So you, if you want to watch us, and I believe me, that's a much better experience on YouTube. Look it up under Media Insultant, singular, or jackson weaver either way and you'll find uh, you'll find our videos up there cataloged but also all of the great places for uh, to find audio podcasts we are there in catalog from apple to audible to iheart sources for uh, audio podcasts media insultant is there and uh, we're waiting to inform you and maybe insult you a little bit uh, every, every you know twice a week uh, and by the way our old shows with ron stone and with uh, lucy rice are still up there cataloged so make sure you check those out as well yeah, and uh, if you got any comments, always love to hear from you. Jackson at IntownMedia.com. Keith, go have a good week. I'll see you Thursday, buddy. 